Hey, this is Marina, and you're listening to Sober Baby, a show about how the one thing I have to change is everything. Every Friday, I invite you to hang out with me and my guests on Instagram Live as we talk about addiction, sobriety, and everything in between. This is Sober Baby episode 12 with Lara. We celebrate her coming out. We talk about chaotic realness and that time the Grim Reaper visited her bedroom. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining. Um, okay. What am I doing today? Uh, today's like a really exciting episode. I also had a really crazy day, so I'm just like, <laughs> have to catch my breath. Also, me and Laura's other friend Marina is arriving and she's like lost in the parking lot somewhere so hopefully she arrives safely. Marina, we love you. Okay, so episode 12, is Marina here? <gasps> Marina's here, okay amazing. We can actually start now. Um, episode 12 is definitely about celebration. Um, before I like introduce our guest who I'm really excited about having today, I just want to like name the assumptions of the show and I just want to kind of briefly talk about what to expect today. Um, I'm Marina. I use they them pronouns. We are here and we are queer and the show definitely wants to support all gender expressions and all um, forms of sobriety and whoever you are like you're welcome here and thank you for being in this space. Okay so the assumptions of the show are that addicts aren't bad people. I say this every episode and I think it's really important for you all to hold me accountable to that if I ever talk about addicts or myself as if I'm some like awful failure of a human. I'm not like I am capable. I'm hot. I'm smart. I'm talented. And I'm going to go and do so many places and to so many things. Um, because I'm an addict, you know what I mean? Because I'm sober, like I can do this. And so I need that reminder. I hope that if you're struggling with addiction, um, or if you're sober and you're just like trying to stay sober one more day, like that, you know, that you're not a failure. You're not a bad person. The second assumption is that um, addicts don't look like anything. This is part of the reason why I started the show is because the most kind of common response that I got when I told people that I was an alcoholic where they were like, you don't look like one. And I'm like, who looks like one? So just like to keep that in mind, um, addicts don't look like anything. Alcoholics don't look like anything. And, and yet like the way that our identities intersect, um, deeply shape the way that we navigate the world. You know, if we have, um, privileged or oppressed identities, that's going to impact, uh, people's access to rehab facilities versus incarceration, right? Um, whether they're going to come into contact with the police or with someone who's like willing to help them in a non-carceral or a non-punitive way. So we need to keep that in mind. Um, my privilege deeply shapes the way that I move through the world. And the third assumption is that addictions and sobrieties take many forms. Um, I'm sober from like every possible thing you could be sober from because I'm addicted to basically everything that you could be addicted to. And that's just me, right? I'm going to have people on this show who drink alcohol. I'm going to have people on this show who, who don't, you know, and like that's their choice and that's their life. And it's really none of my business to tell them what to do. So addictions and sobrieties take many forms and just help me stay accountable to those truths and the reasoning behind that um, for starting the show. And thank you for being here. I think those are all the assumptions. Um, I'm trying to think of anything I forgot. Did I forget anything? Okay, cool. So I also have a surprise <laughs> for Laura. So I'm really excited to like not have a surprise anymore because I just like hate having secrets. Um, 
Also, Handmade by Jen. Jenna said, I've watched the first seven episodes this week. So excited to be here live. So excited you're here live. I'm excited to be here live, dude. Okay, okay, okay. Let's do this because I just like need to need to like get her onto this. Please join me in welcoming a beauty that I saw from afar two years ago who I finally got to talk to like after a couple months. So I was like this bitch, like I literally love her. And now she's gonna be on Sober Baby. Please join me in welcoming Laura to Sober Baby. Let's get it. Yes. Is this, yeah, come on in and say hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey. um, does this like feel okay for you in yeah, terms of like good. spacing? I okay. do like to shift when I chat. Yeah, so that's like, fine. I'm a bit of a fidgeter. That's okay, we can fidget. Um, hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm really grateful that you're here. This is, I'm like, freaking out because can I just give you a surprise already yeah okay so the reason that we are celebrating today is because there are oh first yeah okay there are two reasons to celebrate the first is thanks for being on so maybe here's a sticker oh sick <laughs> put it on a cop car um the second reason that we're celebrating today is because Laura just figured out she's gay <laughs> I've been gay and um and because I just celebrated 10 months of sobriety from alcohol yesterday. So I hope that you will take a little bite of a rainbow ass cupcake. It's vegan for you. Oh my God. You shouldn't have, but I'm so glad It's you okay. Did. I got myself one too. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Here. Oh. A candle. I know. So you get to blow it out. And Marina, we can split the other candle. I mean the other cupcake. Oh my god. Blow it up. So okay. I hope that all your gay wishes come true. <sighs> well they fucking will now. Okay. Aww, you shouldn't have. Mm. Yeah. Alright. Give well, us a bite. Definitely. Marina, we get to split this one. <laughs> I don't know if I can like handle this right now. For those of you who like like look at that cupcake. Anyways. Yeah, great. Thanks for taking a bite. Absolutely. Congratulations on like navigating your sexuality. Thank you. I feel um like I've on glasses amazing yeah yeah i mean yo if you're navigating your sexuality mm -hmm. sober or not yeah like we're here for it no so, matter what age no matter what age mm -hmm. dude like no matter what age how old are you i was trying to figure it out how old do you think i am 24 to 26 oh i'm i'm 27 i'm outside of your oh, okay okay i know i'm in the 27 club hehe <laughs> <laughs> anyways what are you drinking today <gasps> keto <Kino> lacroix <laughs> Please sponsor us. Yeah, seriously. Please. Ugh, cheers. Cheers, absolutely. This mm. is great. There's yes. one in the fridge. There's some in your fridge if you want some. Ooh. Just so you know, help Marina yourself. Marina loves LaCroix. Really <laughs> help yourself. I do love LaCroix. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, oh, I know what I forgot to mention. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I forgot to mention this mm. one thing. I was just, like, freaking out about the, the cupcakes. Um, I am going to mention this now, and I'll mention it at the end, but I am starting to fundraise for recording equipment and for um, just like other items to support the show to make it more accessible. I would love to be able to audio record it and put it on Spotify or on Apple Music. I'd also love to be able to caption the videos, um, which would involve me recording them and then downloading them and then re-uploading them or separately recording them on um, a DSLR camera and then uploading them with captions. So if y'all are feeling like this show has helped you in any way or supported you or seen you or heard you, um, please uh, consider just like 
I don't know, just donating. Um, I'm going to probably keep mentioning it throughout uh, the next couple episodes. And again, I'm just trying to raise some money to support um, the purchasing of some recording equipment for just like better quality audio. I'm going to just pin my um, Venmo really quick in the chat. Uh, I'd rather have everyone here in this space than have people sending me money. Like that's really not the prerogative of the show. It's like really not the goal is to make money on this at all. It's to stay sober, um, but yeah, but I'm trying to like bring Sober Baby to more people and um, and yeah, just generate a more accessible impact. So that's that. Okay, well, do you want to? Well said. Well said. Okay, yeah. it didn't feel like. No, yeah. I felt you covered all your bases. Okay, <laughs> great. Okay, great. So here are the questions. You don't have to like look at them, but I probably am not going to remember them. <laughs> totally looking at them. Um, don't look at them. <laughs> If you have questions for Laura, please drop them in the chat. Just because I have questions doesn't mean that like I need to be the only one asking them and I feel like you're pretty open. To oh them. yeah, you can ask me anything. Yeah. Like anything. It's literally ask me anything. Gladly time. answer any question. You ready? Yes. Okay. I am. Okay. What was your life like growing up? So like how are you coming into this space? Oof. I feel like well, I grew up in South Florida. And my family was very conservative and like very immigrant based. Um, my mom is from South Africa and my dad is from Ohio. So that was fun for a while. And then when I was eight, my mom killed herself. And from there, I just like started to get more and more like, I'm going to say bizarre. Mm. And uh, I think it like definitely jump started my career as like a generally more interesting person. I don't know. Trauma makes you interesting and good in bed. So that, that started that for me when I was young. Any other content <laughs> warnings? Any other content warnings you should add? Oh, uh, just a trigger warning for sure. And many about respects. what trigger warning, drug abuse, trigger warning, abuse, trigger warning, suicide, suicide. Yes. Trigger warning. Um, cause I'll type all these suicide attempt. The if comments. it wasn't, yeah. Um, if I think of any more, I'll Okay, it cool. <laughs> Y'all already knew me bringing like her onto the show. Like it was all bets were off. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I'm cool with letting go of control. <laughs> so bottom line, I'm the black sheep of my family. I have no siblings, no first cousins. Nothing. So you're the only sheep of the family. I'm the only sheep. Mm -hmm. I'm the lone sheep. My grandmother. I'm her only grandchild. She's very oh. old school Canadian. Like very interesting person. So I um, came to Gainesville when I was 18, and then it like fully propelled me into the person I am now. I'm 22. Oh, so you've only like, yeah, it was like recent, but I've lived in four different cities since in Florida. Yeah. Or three in Florida. Wait. Yeah. Three in Florida and then Asheville. Oh, okay. So true. I've been like around the block a little bit, like in terms of moving like crazy and mm -hmm. establishing yourself. So coming here into this space now, I feel like recently in the past, you know, Five years is when I've become like the person that I was destined to be. Which is what? I guess, which is like chaotic ball of fun. <laughs> and also like a lot of, um, you know, I'm going to call it productive suffering. Mm. What is that? Suffering that I, I kind of have this theory that like you're born in a way that maybe you're not super into or like doesn't reflect how you maybe like feel about some type of way. And then, you know, life happens to you and you break apart. And then you get to put the pieces back in a different way, mm. you know, like you get to be in pain. And then as you like put yourself back together, you get to formulate this new person. That's maybe a closer version of what you want to be eventually. And like every time 
something bad happens to you that like really shakes you, you have this opportunity to like get closer to tweak more. You know, that's a really interesting theory. I would agree. That's I'm like, really I'm trying to like, theory. please start talking. Like people talk about this. I I want this to be out there in the world. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, okay, so, so I was talking to my friend McKenna about this yesterday that like, I, yeah, dude, it's big Pisces energy (laughs) and I'm like Sagittarius over here. Like, Uh. (laughs) let me not feel anything like literally ever. (laughs) Let me never feel anything. I'll feel it all for you. Um, please. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's a yin and yang, but, but okay. So I was talking to my friend McKenna about who I think also is a Pisces. I could be wrong, but about how I'm just like on this quest to find this unshakable truth about myself Mm -hmm. that like nobody can shake like nobody can fuck with Mm -hmm. and like that for me that involves like I can't fucking drink Mm -hmm. because it's not cute you know (laughs) like it's not cute and like and like that's that like the end of story but also it means like okay I'm an artist and I'm gonna make because I have no other choice but to like make art or I will be deeply unhappy and just like just like building this version of myself from like what you're saying, like putting those pieces together and building it in a way that like not only reflects who I see myself as, but who I want like all of you to see me as mm-hmm. too. Like it's a really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen right. the fifth element? No, I haven't. Okay. I? You're yesing hard. Yeah. Yeah, you should. The girl in it's super hot. She also, <laughs> she and I share like, uh, uh, the same needle chart, but mm. yeah. Um, Yeah. I think her name's Mila Jovovich. Oh, okay. I do know her. I do know that she's just like amazing. And she is like the fifth element and Mm. like is brilliant and like ancient and like, I don't know, just like this idea of being like a pinnacle of something that's like really resonant. I think we're getting, we're getting better as a society at like portraying that stuff in like media and like TV and like all the fictional fun realms. Mm -hmm. TV is no longer just like something you go to to like not think about your problems like you can actually sort through your problems a little bit like yeah through what you see yeah to a certain extent though I'm not gonna like say that tv is like the best thing of all time yeah but yeah I definitely think there's like a good aspect to it Most part. this tv is pretty good yeah this I mean, I mean this shit is great mm-hmm. if I had this when I was a kid I would be like way more radicalized way earlier <laughs> I mean hopefully I feel like there's so many questions that I have for you and mm-hmm. maybe just because you're like when I say, like, you're gay now, I'm not trying to, like, make fun of it. It's just more, like, literally congratulations on Thank figuring you. out, you know, your truth. Yeah. Right? That's well. awesome. Um, and and I, like, want to kind of honor that that hasn't always been the case. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, we've talked about this relationship that I know that you're going to talk about on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that was, I'm assuming, like, not such an open, not such a, like you know, raw space for you to explore your sexuality, yeah. probably because you were caring for someone else. And I'm, so I'm just kind of like wondering if we dive right into it, like if you could talk to me about your connections with addiction, whether those are personal and like you as Lara, like experiencing addictions and like by proxy of mm-hmm. the relationships that you've been in. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely like experienced being in love with an addict, which, you know, addicts are people too like and what does an addict look like so I, I feel you on that because it's not like I could have seen it coming necessarily and like I don't know I was 18 like red flags or was wearing rose-colored glasses for sure but my personal experience with addiction is definitely more like emotional and sentimental like I mean I'm a fucking Pisces like <laughs> I, will, I will get addicted to somebody in some respects only when I'm like really in a bad place I think it seems like a beacon 
for me sometimes, and mm-hmm. uh, it almost never works. I'm just gonna say that that is the worst thing for me to like put so much hope into an external source that isn't myself. So when you say like you get addicted to people, like what does that what does that look like? It looks like not. I don't even think it, I would say it looks like it in the traditional sense of like being obsessed with a person. Like it's more just like I start living a life with somebody you know and then all of a sudden like the idea of never being able to go in their house again like really stresses me out and like Mm. it's like a safe space like I start to make safe spaces in other people's lives like I like to go through little holes that they might Mm. leave open like a fucking troll and just like pop in and burrow and um it's not healthy and I don't like that I do that and I catch myself doing it sometimes and sometimes I don't catch myself soon enough and then it Spirals. And I spiral by proxy. Mm-hmm. So you get lost in people? I get lost. I romanticize. Or like in the idea of people? The idea, for sure. Not, it's not the person itself. It's definitely the idea that usually people can't live up to. Because who the fuck ever can? Like, yeah. I can't. Yeah. I was, yeah, this is like, it's always like weird, like how uh, these episodes are timed and the people that are on it. Cause like I was just like working through that yesterday with like several people and like having this discussion of like, if we have expectations around people, you know, we're always gonna be disappointed because people are people and they're imperfect and they're inconsistent and they're unreliable just like we are. What is it, the kill your idols? Yeah. Or the never meet your heroes? Same yeah. shit, like. Yeah, and like, especially with I don't know I think especially with lovers just because this idea of like desire is so like covering everything with someone that you might want to you know hook up with or that you're involved with it's like that just like chemically clouds who they are like I'm all about the chase I don't know about you but like for me it was like I don't think I could also the door is not opening like by a ghost (laughs) it's my cat um but yeah like I don't I don't think I had a single relationship, like, in high school that was, like, actually based around a person. It was based around the idea of the person. Yeah. Honestly, let me be honest, probably call it through college until I started yeah. dating Danny, let's be real. <laughs> Any relationship before Danny, because um, I got sober. <laughs> also, at some point, we ha- I want to tell the story of the first time I ever saw you and Danny. I'm going to take this it. opportunity now. Also, so, the story. Yeah, hey, the story is scary. You might have to, like, address the cat. <laughs> Marina keep keeper. So it was at um, a gallery show. I can't remember. Was it at? It was when you were Ke- working at the slate? Was it at Kelly, Madeline, and Ines's show? Yeah. They're, okay. And the Maddie, the Madeline who Laura's referencing was on last week's episode yes. of Sober Baby. So watch it. And um, go for it. It was at that show, and my friend Sky, who was like helping me out with the gallery at the time, she would like kind of like loosely take photos and just be like a general amazing person to talk to if you had no one to chat with. She comes over to me and I'm like, you know, schmoozing with somebody and she like literally pulls on my sleeve and like a child and I'm like, what? She's very short. And she's like, she's like my height. So, okay. Well, you're also very short. You're tiny. And she pulls on my sleeve and she's like, you need to turn around right now and look at this couple. And she was like, just give it a really slow pivot so you can really take it in. And I was like, whatever. Like, I have no, like, what am I about to turn up on? And I, I turn and (laughs) you and Danny are in like corresponding red flame outfits and you were wearing those flame sunglasses and you guys were like passing them back and forth you know having your like own moments with it and I just like was staring at y'all from across the gallery and I just like wow like that's those are fucking people over there like I need to know them essentially 
And I think maybe we went up and like schmoozed essentially. Yeah. And then we ran into you again. I was shooting with Marina oh, yeah. when you were working oh, in yeah, the studios. <laughs> and then, yeah, it just kind of, I think, spiraled from there. But I will never forget seeing y'all, like, Hunger Games looking, like, on fire type situation on the white backdrop of mm-hmm. the gallery. It was, um... You didn't know you were uh, gay then? Because <laughs> straight girls don't think that about other girls and boys. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> See, I just always thought I was really emotional. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. Just really That's romanticized you. everybody. Honestly, like, I had so much internalized misogyny. I used to say the dumbest shit ever that I have to expose myself for. Like, I used to say shit like, like, I could never date a woman. Like, I don't want to have to take care of someone. Like, I just assumed I would, as, like, assume a caretaker role. Like, it can't be mutual. Like, my little southern brain just thought that, like, roles needed to be filled regardless of how progressive I thought I was. And... Which is why it's a little shocking and painful for me now. Mm. Like, I consider myself a really open, progressive person who, like, knows themselves well. But not figuring this shit out until I was 22. Like, it's just weird. Like, people know so early on and, like, come to terms with it and grow inside of it. And it's just happening to me now. It's really weird. Yeah, literally it's amazing. (laughs) It's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, I, like, didn't... Uh, have any articulation around my queerness or like my non-binariness at all I just was like this is who I am and you either fuck with it or you don't and I didn't realize that I had to or that I could articulate around that by any means I was just like oh like I just like think everyone's hot and I don't really know what the word for that is you know (laughs) um but I certainly dated more men and dated more cis men um just like throughout my life because I, yeah, I, I really identify with what you're saying about, like, uh, just that internalized misogyny. I was like, I don't want to, like, ma- I couldn't, like, date a girl. Like, I couldn't, like, do that. Because then, like, who's going to be who? And it's like, yeah. no one is no going to be the man because fuck men. My most recent ex-boyfriend um, used to say to me, like, he would, like, double check with me that he wore the pants. And I was like, I think we both wear the pants. Like, why can't I wear pants? Like, why can't we both be wearing skirts or something? And he was, he was literally just like, no, it's, it's like, it's me. Like, I'm wearing the pants. I was like, just because you're an asshole doesn't mean you're wearing fucking pants. Like, he's wearing insecurity. He's wearing insecurity. Yes. And it shows and it's not cute. Bro. Yeah. So was this the ex that, um, that had like drinking problems? No. Oh, a different one. I mean, he probably has some drinking problems, but not, his, he's manageable, but mm-hmm. my ex who had the drinking, drug problems, bad sex addiction, was um, from my first real boyfriend, my first mm. love, and he was also a Pisces, trigger warning for Pisces, Piscean men, Yeah. Um, he was a Pisces male, and I was like, oh my god, romantic, like, we're the same sign, this is gonna be amazing and uh i'll never forget i met him when i was tripping on acid that's worth noting wow yeah so the first time i ever took acid i was 17 and i met him that night because he lived with a friend it was just all a come down from yeah exactly and it it was like overwhelming and uh i had tripped at the springs it was gorgeous but anyways i met him like people can hear you when you whisper it (laughs) just so you know (laughs) <laughs> I'm just him. letting you know and I remember the bar was so low for me that I think he told me he was like an environmental science major and I creamed my pants I was literally like okay we're gonna get married like he cares about the earth like that's good enough for me wow and um 
we started, we embarked on our romantic adventure, and six months in, I realized that he was, like, being a little bit more recreational with his drug use mm-hmm. and his drinking than I kind of expected. And, um, and then you were being? And I would start to catch up with him, okay. essentially. Okay. The, I was like, okay, he was older than me, too, so I was like, I need oh. to, like, catch up with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to prove myself. It, it was horrifying essentially, but, um, I mean, I, like, I'm not, yeah, like, please know, I don't know who's, I doubt anyone who's watching this is judging you, but I'm certainly not judging you. If you're judging me, you can text me and, like, bring it up with me personally. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I've been there. I definitely, Mm -hmm. like, could not, I don't think I could smoke weed even if I wanted to now, just because (laughs) I smoked weed so much and in such large, blunt quantities with someone who was just, like, abusive and toxic and awful because I needed to keep up with him. Exactly. So I feel you. I'm listening. I'm exactly. also going to shut this thing. Okay. So, um, I started working on a farm the summer after I graduated high school and basically the guy whose farm it was, who we were helping was like a friend of ours, boyfriend, and he was doing a lot of mushrooms at the time. Really paranoid guy. We were all working for him. It was all kids and we were like renovating a barn and we would get there in the morning, snort lines of Adderall and smoke cigarettes, and paint like crazy. I mean, I wish we had videos, because I'm wow. sure it was just, like, crackhead shit. Like, all of us, like, like that smoke chain smoking. Did like, the owner, like, know you guys were doing this? The owner was, um, like, the mom of this, our friend's boyfriend. So she was just kind of like, my son's fucked, you guys seem less fucked, my bar needs help, like, here, like, we're gonna give you 12 an hour in lunch. <laughs> Essentially, like, we would Jeez. get there at 6 a.m., like... And I had never done any of this shit in high school. I took no uppers mm. in high school, none of that shit. And then just over this, like, recreational use, like, not even to study over that summer. And um, it, like, started to really get bad from there. Cause with Adderall? Yeah. With, like, snorting Adderall is, like, not an okay thing to do. It took me a long time to realize. But um, after that, we come to Gainesville. I'm, like, moving there. He's already living here. And, um, we, we, like, he, one day he calls me and he's like, you know what, Laura, like, I need money. Like, I need hundreds of dollars. Like, we're going to buy a bunch of Coke. And I was like, sure. Like, you're smarter than me. Sounds mm. great. And we buy it. We do it all in literally a week. Like, hundreds of dollars of cocaine. Mm-hmm. And I am, like, completely at a loss here. Because on one hand, it's like, this is kind of crazy. Like, I've never altered my psychic psyche in this way. Like, right. But then I started to feel really bad all the time, and uh, he he was, like, losing it. I mean, he didn't have pillows on his bed. Like, it, there was leaves all up in his bed. Like, he would literally do Adderall until it wore off, go back to the Adderall guy's house three times a day. Like, and then it, it got so bad and to this boiling point where I eventually, like, I, I wasn't going to class, like, and I had to stop. I couldn't keep keeping up with him. And once I stopped keeping up with him is where it got really bad he eventually found a xanax plug and um he was taking like the hulks like the big green ones i've never taken xanax so i actually don't like oh i know surprising yeah that's interesting surprising it sucks (laughs) it fucking sucks like floridians have a problem with xanax i'm just gonna say it like the state is fucked with xanax but yeah he started taking xanax and then it just it really got out of control like he doesn't remember two months of that year Mm. Um, and he's given you consent to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. so I, I've spoken to him a while ago. I, uh, 
I can't speak to him now anymore because I think that he's like possibly in like a relapse situation. Okay. So I, for my everyone's safety, that I don't speak to him anymore. But yeah, he's very open about it, and he's very open about his journey like through AA, which like really fucked him up. Honestly, um, I don't know what your experience was with AA, but his was a little scary, mm-hmm. and not safe. I don't, I didn't ex- feel it like it was a safe space, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bottom line is, like, he was cheating on me a lot. I, like, walked in on him sleeping with a friend of mine. I was really going through it because I had just been suppressing 18 years of what the fuck, and I basically stole a bunch of his Xanax and, like, tried to kill myself. And I just took a ton of Xanax, and the last thing I remember was being at the Applebee's on 13th. I used to live right behind it. Right here. Yeah, and then I came to, like, three days later, and my roommate and, like, my boyfriend at the time told me that they were just, like, shaking me for days, like, trying to get me up, like, pouring water on me, and I was just, like, down. I have no idea what happened. Somehow I woke up in, like, a rage. Like, I woke up fucking pissed, and my boyfriend was there, and he was trying to leave my house, and, like, I knew he was going to go, like, see the girl that he was cheating on me with, and I was, like, not having it. I, like, he's, like, trying to peel out of the parking lot, and I, my crazy ass, like, who's been asleep for days, jumps on the hood of his car, he slams on the brakes, and I, like, fly off of it into my parking lot, and he's, like, super fucked up at this point, and one of my neighbors calls cops, obviously, like, that's Mm -hmm. a scene to see, so the cops come, and, like, somehow he talks it out of his way out of the cops, and, like, drives away, and I'm really upset, and the cop is escorting me back to my apartment where my roommate at the time and my uh, my other friend is like, oh my god, get her inside the fucking house. Like, she needs to yeah. be, like, strapped down. There was, like, a, a fire extinguisher right next to me with, like, a glass cover and somebody said something that triggered me and I just went, shoof, and just, like, shattered the glass. Mm. And I severed some of my nerves. I don't have feeling in half of my right hand. Like, I could get burned and I won't feel it. Mm. It's kind of fun, but... And um, the cop was like, okay, well, that's a felony which I didn't know, mm-hmm. and she was like, we can Baker Act you, or we can take you to prison, and my roommate was like, Baker Act her, like, don't take her to prison, thank God, so they Baker Acted me, I remember riding in the back of the cop car, like, it was a lady cop, so she was, like, pretty cool about the fact that I was, like, freaking out, mm-hmm. and I black out, I wake up, who knows how long later, in a hospital bed, and I'm like, okay, this is fine, and I fucking look at the door, and there's a cop I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm on suicide watch. And then I looked mm-hmm. down and my arms are strapped. Mm-hmm. And I started freaking out. Like, I mean, I was like a screaming, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're confined. I'm, I'm a functioning person. Like, I've never been in that situation before. And I was just going through it. Like, to be honest with you, it wasn't... So it scared me. And I got taken up to the Baker Act. And through seeing what a Baker Act looks like, I have some really, like specific opinions about the system like it was awful I went to North Florida Hospital which is here in Gainesville it was co-ed my Baker Act which is mm-hmm. incredibly inappropriate I cannot ex- like express how inappropriate that is and so there was a lot of people who were in there on court orders like there was this one frat boy who would follow me around like and telling me he loved me and that when we got out of there like he was gonna take me on a boat to god knows where and I was like this kid's gonna kill me like, how long were you in there for three days I had to do the full three days okay so it's three day involuntary hold for those of you who don't know what a Baker Act is apparently it's like a Florida thing super fun spunky of us Floridians I don't know if it's like I don't know I never heard about it until I got to Florida mm-hmm. um so how how long ago was this 
three years ago? This is when I was 18, so... Four years ago. Yeah, 2017. Okay, 2017. So, what time of the year was this? Fall. I got out of the Baker Act on Friday, October 13th. Okay, Friday 13th was very spooky. I actually went straight from the Baker Act to try and get myself a Friday 13th tattoo. Mm. Which didn't sounds work like for you. Me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it didn't like work you. for me, but yeah, it was interesting. Um, I experienced sleep paralysis in my Baker Act, which had never happened to me before. They put me on like this crazy antipsychotic, which I had never been medicated. So, I um, like you had never been prescribed medication. Yeah, exactly. Because you had been like doing Adderall and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Drugs. Yeah, I've never been like prescribed medication, especially for like mental health. Mm-hmm. So, I. They, they forced me to take this thing, you know, and I'm just trying to communicate to them that I'm a hormonal 18-year-old girl and I shouldn't be in a bake rack because I'm not crazy, but, but, like, who would have thought? If you say you're not crazy in the psych ward, they're not going to pull you out of it. Yeah. Um, so I wake up in sleep paralysis, like, on my back. I'm locked up, and I, I knew I was having sleep paralysis because I had known, known what it was. And I just looked down on my chest. I feel pressure, and I saw the tip of a scythe, and I look up, and... The Grim Reaper, full hood, standing over me, scythe on my chest, like right during your sleep paralysis. During my sleep paralysis, and the the hood, the face, I got chills. The face was like just a black shadow. A lot of people say they see shadow figures, but mine was wearing like the classic Grim Reaper fit, classic scythe, like with just the tip of it right here. And I've recently come to the realization that my brain was trying to manifest maybe that it was a warning, Mm -hmm. like you should not you shouldn't have made it out this time like mm-hmm. you might not be as lucky mm. so i mean i will say like first of all i had no idea that any of that happened to mm-hmm. you so if y'all are sitting here like watching me like vaguely kind of just like be like what the fuck uh i did not know any of that about you mm-hmm. i didn't know at all that that had happened very so formative for me i'm really glad you're okay yeah and it's also like Oh, damn, that sounds fucking chaotic. Yeah, oh yeah, I crashed my car in this time too. That sounds like, chaotic. Yeah, it was, it was, I'm really glad alive. you're okay. Thank you. And I'm also like really grateful that you have the clarity four years out mm-hmm. to be able to like sit here and talk with me about this. Yeah. Like, I mean, calmly it's like so and, like, stigmatized. Like, you know, it's, it's such a stigmatized thing and like, yeah, shit, like they still call me to collect. Like, big racks are expensive as hell and they're involuntary. So like, it's, someone it's, asked what they are. Can you, can you, someone said, sorry if this is naive, but what's a Baker Act? It's okay. not naive. Thank you for asking yeah, that. Can you that's just not naive at all. Is? So basically a Baker Act is when you maybe do something that is a danger to society. I like to call myself a menace to society. So this perfectly encapsulates or that. Or to like, yourself, right? Or to, yeah, or to yourself. So if you pose a, da- a threat to society or yourself, um, then in the state of Florida, you can be Baker Acted by... Pretty much anyone. You can Baker Act yourself, too, which is mm-hmm. a, a way nicer process, because, like, if you do it calmly... Voluntary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they hold you for... They hold you in the psych ward for three days, and they try to give you a diagnosis, and, um... But it's chaotic. I mean, it's hard to diagnose someone in that setting, because... Scary as shit. I didn't go outside for three days. They would not let me outside. And I was young, like... I was heartbroken. My my love of my life was cheating on me, like, with a friend and with men, and, like, I was confused. Mm-hmm. So it was um, tumultuous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. So honestly. Yeah. I love, I love that story, to be honest with you. Like, Yeah, I mean, you, like, I can tell you, like, telling it, but also, like, that shit's so real. Mm-hmm. And I think also, like, um... <sighs> 
I think, I don't know. I mean, I think about the ways in which, like, quote-unquote, like, safety, like, care or, like, um, health care that's supposedly trying to keep people safe is very gendered, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and, like, you know, what that experience um, was like for you as someone who's femme, like, moving through that space and, like, mm-hmm. how, I don't know if the doctors were all male or, like, how that felt to have, um, just, like, moving through that space yeah. and, and, like, maybe not being given the support that, you need it or or and like something i talk about a lot on the show is that punishment never works for people who are addicts punishment never works for people who are having like uh mental breakdowns like it just doesn't work to punish people for going through it and um and so yeah in a sense i feel like i just want to name that i don't think police should ever be involved in someone's mental breakdown i don't think that they should yeah. ever be involved in addiction or in recovery or in detox or in suicide attempts and like it just sounds very scary. Yeah, it's it's definitely like because when the cops come, you're like, okay, like you tense, like you're like, no matter you know, obviously some people much more than others, but like no matter who you are, like the, when the cop is around, you don't feel safe, you feel stressed. Like I don't know anyone who's ever felt, you know, safe. Yeah, with a cop around. Yeah, no. I it's just like immediate stress. So that element like adds a lot to it. And second day of my Baker Act, I was like, all right, because time moves differently in there. Like it it does with some people in there like legitimately are like slightly out of their minds you know it's like girl interrupted up in there it was very interesting and colorful and some people like girls sleep paralysis (laughs) (laughs) exactly Exactly. like the grim reaper came and said what's up to me dude that image is burned into my mind now totally that's intense sleep paralysis is real yeah oh yeah yeah and i I can't figure out what what it is but second day of it i call my dad and I was like, hey, man, I really, sh- like, I really fucked up on this one. Yeah. And I was like, where are you? Yeah. Like, I'm in the psych ward. I'm going to need you to, like, call some people and get me out of here. And he was like, uh, like, my dad is an like, emotionless Taurus man growing up. We have no, we have, like, a really weird relationship. Um, I think he's cool as fuck, to be honest with you. But still, you know, stressful. Like, I basically, I feel like an orphan mm-hmm. most of the time. Because he doesn't show emotion to you. Yeah. And, like, we're not, like, he doesn't support my lifestyle, we'll say. Um, he's, like, very old school, very conservative. But he's not, like, a fool, you know? He understands. And he is very respectful of mental health. Mm, that's I awesome. I will say that because my mother, awesome. obviously. So, like, that's something that yeah. I feel like I kind of got really lucky with is a lot of people's yeah. parents, like, don't legitimize mental health so much my parents are super supportive dad i know you're watching this and i love you i love you thank you for being here yeah so uh he came and got me and like they he couldn't get me out early i had to wait the full three days and um i got my diagnosis and me and my dad were both like that's fucking wrong like they diagnosed me with borderline personality disorder and me and my dad were both like yeah this that's not right like you're he was like you'll you'll go see a psychiatrist like we'll get it sorted I go to see a psychiatrist, like, she gives me some really light, like, pills to help me sleep and, like, all this stuff, and eventually I wean myself off of them because I personally, my personal preference is to not be medicated, um, and my yeah. dad was really supportive of that, which was so lucky, you know. Um, he's my, he's actually a doctor, which is funny, so, he, uh, of the, of the body, though, not the mind, but. A doctor of the body. Yeah, he's a physical therapist. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that, <laughs> but, um. Yeah, I got out, I weaned myself off the medication and never thought about my diagnosis ever again until a couple weeks ago and I'm having like a full on like breakdown and I call my friend Fear who lives in New York, which she 
like repost your shit all the time. Dude, I love watching fear. This. Yeah, fear. This one's for you. Fear. Wow. I hope she's somewhere in there. She but, is. Yeah, I call her and she's like, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling her my my plight, you know, and I'm I'm raging, like I'm just rage driving down the fucking highway in Jacksonville, like going south. I'm like wherever I end up today is wherever I'm going, and I'm like expressing all this to her, and she's like, dude, like you have borderline. I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like, I don't, I don't think that I do. And she was like, mm. I, I really need you to just like read it, read up on it and mm. like really reflect. She was like, please reflect and really think about this. Cause I, I don't know, like knowing you're fucked is one thing. Putting a word to your fucked upness is another thing. So I did a bunch of reading and like, I think that, you know, there's different forms, but mm-hmm. now I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that it probably is true in some respects, that that is something that I struggle with mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and like, you know, it's hard because how do you sort out if you were born this way or if trauma made you this way? You know, nature yeah. versus nurture. Yeah, I think that's something that I I think about a lot because you know my parents neither like neither of my two parents are alcoholics, but they've been blessed with two alcoholic children, <laughs> and I think about um, they're really just like the amount of like love and support that I got as a child and my sister did too and and um an immense privilege right just like immense privilege some fucked up shit's happened to me you know I'm not gonna lie you know in adulthood but um you know I am not in the camp that uh addiction is just like this genetic thing like I think that there are like life life shapes us well, have you read the study that um, if your parents go through like super traumatic stuff, it can actually alter their DNA and then they can pass it down to you, mm-hmm. which is like really yeah, interesting. Yeah, intergenerational trauma. Yeah. I don't know. I think um, also I'm like, what's my kid doing out there? <laughs> Getting um, it. Probably. Yeah. I think that's a, like, that's a topic we could have a whole conversation around, yeah. but it sounds like you have, you've reached your own clarity mm-hmm. around some aspect of your mental health. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very much like a simple pleasures person. Like the smallest wins mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of my life that I haven't fully unpacked and I'm kind of just like waiting till I'm less busy, I guess. Like, I mean, figuring out my sexuality, like everything surrounding my mother's death. I mean, I've never even read her suicide note Mm. and like, that's definitely something I want to do, but I just keep pushing it, pushing it back. And Focusing on these little victories, these little things that make me happy, like tiny attainable goals, but then doing something that is so monumental to my person and to my future, like figuring out my sexuality, which I just did. It's like, I I feel like a huge shift in my life. Like I wake up every day and like the sky is brighter, the birds sing louder. I'm like, I'm chaotic every day, but I'm happier. I forgot how chaotic you are extraordinarily chaotic no i mean like i fuck with it i fuck (laughs) with it fucking crazy it's great no it's a really like listening to you is and just like anyone who's come on this show is really like um helpful feels patronizing but i don't know what other word it's like humbling and like it's helpful to listen to you Mm -hmm. because i can kind of like sift it through my experiences in my brain and be like oh shit yeah like i feel really seen right now like i i know i'm not alone and that like even though I haven't been bankrupted, there have probably been moments when I could have been or should have been. Wrong, maybe. Like, wrong place, wrong time. Almost. Yeah. And or just like, just being like, <laughs> there have been just deep moments in my life where I didn't even like see a light. And now pretty much all I see is light. Yeah. 
And, like, that's huge, Honestly, you know? It really is. Like, I mean, I wake up every day, and I have, like, insane mania. So I wake up some days, and it's, like, the best mania, and I'm up at 6 a.m., and I'm painting, and I'm cooking, and I'm cleaning, and I'm having a day. And then <laughs> 3 p.m. rolls around, and it's dark, depressive mania, and my fight-or-flight reflex is activated, and lately I've been all flight, so I'll just get in my car, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to Gainesville today, or... I just went to Asheville randomly, like, to see some good friends of mine, which is honestly really fun. But, um, I've been nonstop. I drove back from Asheville yesterday. I left yesterday morning, drove all the way down here, stayed up all night last night. I slept for, like, a couple hours. Didn't I don't need sleep, in case you, uh, didn't know that about me. I run on no sleep, and it's definitely, I'm bad at sleeping. Like, that's not something that I can actually Here do I'm well. being, like, so glad you're well-rested for <laughs> summer, baby. I look like I'm well-rested. Literally. Um, I was just thinking about when I was, like, cleaning today about how if I had a Tinder, my Tinder bio would be, but have you seen me manic clean? <laughs> because I, I literally don't know how else to describe what I did before you both arrived. <laughs> like, just manic cleaning like I couldn't even sit down for five hours you know what I mean yeah. and just like that's just one of the ways in which for me manifests my like ADHD mm -hmm. and like just all the different mental moments that I have like they manifest in really specific ways sometimes because I am not medicated you know? yeah totally because I just like abuse every medication that I have <laughs> so I can't I like laugh. no seriously it's the truth I mean I've never you're unadulterated like truth about your life yeah dude I abuse Tums so <laughs> dude <sighs> it's bad maybe I shouldn't say abuse but oh I just like God. take always more than directed you know <laughs> Um, I also just, like, want to offer up, there's, like, lots of really kind affirmations in the chat. Give yourself time and patience to unpack your trauma. Your body knows when it's ready. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and if anyone, epi epigenetics, someone offered up. Yeah. It's so interesting to learn about how your ancestors That's what it's called. Okay, here. I'm definitely going to give that a Google after this. Um, if anyone, oh, and Danny oh, just joined. Hi, Danny. Hi, Danny. <laughs> if anyone has any questions for the literal, like, storm that just rolled mm. into Sober Baby 12, um, mm -hmm. Which has been an amazing storm. Seriously, so honest. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> literally so unfiltered. I wasn't ready for it. I thought I was ready, dude. <laughs> I really did. I was like, I got all these questions. Like, I'm so prepared. Like, I figured it out. And, like, I truly did not figure it out. So, thank you for, like, reminding me of why I do this. Yeah, I mean, I think my mind, I have, like, stories of that nature all categorized. And I can mm. just flip through it like it's a Rolodex. Because, mm. I mean, there's been a lot. I mean, there's a reason I'm so funny and amazing. Like, it's because I've been through it, you know? That's why people get the way that they get. Like, Dude, yes. Like, thank you for saying that with confidence. You yeah. are funny and amazing. <laughs> I think that's so important. It's like the Robin Williams approach to life. Yeah, like... Yeah. God, I was just... Like, when I... This painting that's behind me right now... And just like all my art in general, um, I was in like a business call this morning. Uh, oh my god. I know. Oh my god. <laughs> I was wearing this on top and sweatpants <laughs> on the bottom. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but I was just thinking about how my art and like the place that I make art from. Okay, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I thought that when I got sober, I wouldn't be able to make art. Okay. And I thought that if I healed and worked through my trauma, I wouldn't have any content to make art about. I think that's because like I think the best art comes from pain. Yeah, I would agree. Like I couldn't even tell you a happy artist that I looked at. <laughs> like I don't even know. Whatever. So so I was really scared of getting sober and I was really scared of like dealing with all like my traumas because I didn't think I would have like source content anymore. Mm -hmm. 
I don't find that that's true anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's true for you? Like, as you heal? No, I don't. I mean, I, I definitely think that the fear is always there. Like, mm. I would agree, but something about me is that I love to suffer. Like, and I, I think it's a fundamental part of my being is that I romanticize suffering so much. And it, along with growing up at the time when we're all, like, totally romanticizing it, there's just, like, I just love being melancholy. Mm. I, it's peaceful to me. It's, like, in all my chaos with my happy and my angry... The only place that I can find peace is, like, in being melancholy. So that fuels me. And I I went through a year between 19 and 20 when I was celibate and I didn't drink alcohol. Best year of my life, I will say. Celibate from sex? Yeah. So you didn't have sex for a year? I didn't have sex for a year. Wow. Yeah. And, um... I'm trying to think, like, have I done that? No. It was, like, the clearest I've ever been. And, um... I, uh... I will say that I think it did affect like me creating things. We and have two questions. Oh, oh my god! What so you, you were celibate. I just cut you off. I'm so yeah. sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Fine, fine. Oh my god! Please, that was really rude. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't rude. I'll go oh for hours god. if you let me. Um. Okay, Danny, I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with my crazy ass. Okay, so we have two questions about chaos. Okay. The first one, which we can display on the screen, I think is what does the chaos do for you? Oh, okay. So my chaos manifests in really materialistic ways. So a prime example, I have a couple prime examples. I woke up one day a couple months ago in a rage, like a positive rage, and I was like, today I'm going to fix my roommate's sewing machine and make a bunch of mini skirts. And I did. Spent one day on it, never did it again. Like literally never, never even touched it again. The Uh other day, this, this one is a bit more productive and something I'm more excited about. I have a bunch of loose canvas. I wake up one day a couple weeks ago and I was like, I'm going to stretch all of the canvas today. So I went and I bought all the supplies. I spent the entire day stretching, painting fucking gesso on it. Like, and I made a bunch of canvases and all like five foot by four foot. And I painted one of them, completed an entire painting in a day, sealed it the same day. And, um, I've been like stretching canvas a lot. I find it really therapeutic, but my chaos is always manifested like Mm. through having a physical product at the end like art or cooking or you know, yes. house. so honestly like my my good chaos is pretty fun like i don't want to be medicated in a lot of respects because i never want that to go away thank you for saying that yeah i really needed to hear that too I'm glad. yeah I, really, I think it's important like yeah I chaos really doesn't mean that. it's a bad thing like chaos can be good yeah i think it's the only thing that i kind of know mm-hmm. um and i forget that there are other chaotic people out there who are channeling like their I don't know their seismic waves or their like hurricane swirl into something that's like deeply productive yeah so thank you for the reminder yeah actually that's the funny point like my dad can't compliment me to my face for some reason so uh we went out to a bar with a friend of mine like pre-covid of course and I go to the bathroom and he turns to my friend and he goes isn't she just a force of nature mm. and like He's right. It's funny you couldn't say it to my face, but that's what it feels like. I literally feel like a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Me and you both, baby. Yeah. Okay, the last question is from Rel's Color Crush. Um, How do you center yourself? Where do you come back to in the chaos? How do you show up for yourself? Mm. I think I'm really bad at centering myself. It's... um, (laughs) Something that... Wobbly wobble. Honestly, this is is embarrassing to, to bring up, but... Probably the most real answer I can give to that is that I take 
probably like three or four showers a day. I, they're all like three minutes long, but something about being in water is like extremely soothing to me. Mm -hmm. And like, it's got, got to be bad for my skin. Like I'm sure I dry out my skin and they really are like short. So if all of them in a day, like basically is the time span of like one full shower or I'll take like five baths in a day if I'm feeling sad like it's environmentally conscious yeah yeah it's awful <laughs> I should just reuse my bath water honestly <laughs> I need to come up with something better but like that's that's been my coping mechanism oh my throughout my years like because honestly making art is not a co coping mechanism it stresses me the fuck out and I get so <laughs> critical of myself I can't cope like I need coping mechanisms to make art but yeah it's showering it brings me exactly where I need to be and also mm -hmm. I do my best thinking in the shower it's like where I'm most clear-headed so mm -hmm. I will if I have to think about something I'll take a shower yeah dude and, same also right? like you're a water sign yeah so. it makes sense yeah. it's like two on the nose it's like put me in like the amniotic <laughs> fluid and I'll just like swirl around in there I mean I go for a swim every day in like our apartment complex pool and I just like go underwater and I just just mm -hmm. to like hear my heartbeat and nothing else yeah. has has been really like profound for me for yeah. a while i definitely think it's like a nurture thing too because i never knew the person that i came out of and that is a weird thing to think about you know especially like honestly like i'm not i'm i have no regrets because i would not be the person that i am today if you know certain things hadn't happened to me mm -hmm. but it is really interesting like to not have that connection to like whatever the fuck i was before i was this mm. and um I'm definitely a person who needs, like, a lot of nurturing and, like, a lot of affection. Yes, I love hugs. Oh, thank I you. I love you. I love you, too. But, um, yeah, it's, a. it's interesting. And what was the second part? Where do you come back to in the Like, chaos? how do you show up for yourself? How do I show up for myself? I, um, I, I like... you play. I do. And, like, you know, I, I used to, like, really not want to be alive and... Life fucking sucks, and then you die, but it's fun, like, in, no one says suffering has to be boring, like, you can be suffering and have, like, a grand old time, even if you're sober, like, you know, you can... Bro, especially if you're sober, yeah. I'm comfortable <laughs> like that, the fuck, I'm like, I'm living my best life right now. Especially if you're sober, you're right, you're right. I, I'm gonna take that back. Don't especially try me. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Bro, that's I was, like a sponsor. Yeah, that's a sponsorship for being sober, right there. I mean, bro, I was suffering. I I think it's just like no matter what, and I can choose to exacerbate that suffering or not. You know, and that's just for me. You know, being sober yeah. doesn't exacerbate it. Totally. Like, I mean, you can like. Uh, anyways, I've like officially like gained a full will to live. I've realized it's like. It's amazing. I uh, I want to like attack any past version of myself that wasn't excited to be here. Like. This is fun. I'm having a good fucking time, even when I'm not, which is often. Mm -hmm. but, you know, it puts everything in perspective. Baby, fake it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Life is all about perspective yeah. these days. Like, the older I get, the more I'm, like, seeing things from, like, a bird's eye view or, like, underground mm -hmm. type view. Like, it's... At an age 22 years old. Yeah, well, is that interesting? A lot of perspective. <laughs> <laughs> don't come for me I'm not now. I'm you. Bro, don't throw, shade. Don't throw shade if you can't take it. Um, <laughs> I hope that this hour has just brought you all up and down and all around. Is it a full hour? Yeah, oh so we're done. God. This is it. 
Thank you to everyone who's been here. Thank you to everyone who has asked questions and been present for this space. Again, like if you're watching this video after the fact, after I've posted it, is it okay if people reach out to you with more yeah, questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you have more questions, please reach out. Um, Laura's handle on Instagram is at Clovercat. With two R's. With two R's. C-L-O-V-E-R-R-C-A-T. Um, and, uh, as I announced at the beginning, I am fundraising for recording equipment and I'd like to be able to compensate guests for coming on this show. So I'll put my Venmo and cash app on the, um, like in the comments. Oh, but... also I'm going to do a shameless plug. I'm yeah. trying to sell my stretch canvas now cause I bought too much. <laughs> so if you need a custom sized canvas, please hit me up. I'll give you a good deal. I really enjoy doing it. Um, I will say though that it always has a little bit of my cat's hair in there because I paint the gesso and it's just everywhere. So I love that. It's a little special. It's a little like little little kiss from me. I love you know? that. And if you like the shirt that oh, yeah. I was wearing, I made it and I have some more. Um, and I'd like to be able to sell those and send uh, send that money kind of in support of um, either like Palestinian youth or folks who are struggling with addiction in incarceration facilities. So, with that being said. Thank you. Oh my god, thank you. It's been, it's been like, just, <laughs> it's been a lot. Yeah, it always is. Yeah, it always I'm is. a lot. Um, thank you everyone for being here. I'll see you next week. Love you. Love you. Bye everyone. <laughs> hey, this is Marina, the host and creator of Sober Baby. Hang out until after the credits for cringy and cute selections from behind the scenes. To listen to all of our episodes, watch the live show each week, and to support Sober Baby, head to our link tree, l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e backslash Sober Baby. Thank you to all of our patrons for helping make this show possible. My college cutie Miranda DeMaze Nordling for music direction, curation, and licensing through Now Again Records, Queen of Crochet Jenny Alpa for audio engineering, my partner Danny Vargas for the endless support and love, and all of the sober babies out there, because without you, this doesn't happen. Apparently Instagram is telling my followers that I've started a live video. Wow, that's the first time they've said that.